Yes, welcome, welcome, welcome to the show that comes to you once a week, recapping the Hollywood week that was, getting you ready for the Hollywood week to come. This is Mike, Mike, and Oscar Weekly, hashtag MMO Weekly, hashtag MMOW. Uh, mm-hmm. I am your co-host, Mike One. This is co-host also, Mike. This Yo. is October 14th, 2019, and Fear Fest from AMC started yesterday, so I hope you have that on in the background while you're listening to this. I remember Fear Fest <laughs> from the 2000s, and I'm... <laughs> I'm saying aughts. I'm not saying 2010. It was the best of times. It was the best of times. You keep watching cable television and power to you, I guess. Look, Mike, it's like I told you before we started here. Life stopped in 1999, all right? Like, 98, Jordan hit the shot. Then he retired. Uh-huh. Yankees won their second or third World Series. And that was, we just paused. Like Zach Morris in Saved by the Bell. We just hit the T.O. and time stopped for me. And that's my, why I continue to exist. My basketball life stopped in 99. <laughs> You're absolutely correct with my Knicks. That was the last time we were in the show. But uh, baseball's going pretty well. We're watching the Yankees yeah, these days. Yeah, big and... win for them on, uh, what was it, I guess, Saturday night, if you're listening to this on Monday. So hopefully they're up 2-0. Hopefully they won Sunday You hear that, night. Monday? We're coming at you, <laughs> oh, Monday. God. No, he's... <laughs> His team is great. I have no I, confidence. Uh, my sphincter the entire game. Correct. <laughs> Just, you, can't, you can make diamonds out of it. But can we be prouder rooting for a baseball team? I mean, they play the game the right way. And they're so likable, too. Likable, yeah. base hits, moving people. I love, I love yeah. the way they play. You know, who knows? Who knows what will happen? We just got All you can do at this point in the year is just root hard. It's just like Oscar night. Yeah. What are you going to do? You're just going to root hard for who you love. Well, it's a rarity, too. I mean, even even speaking about the Astros, even Nick Mundy's favorite team there, he feels about them like we do about the Yankees. Where I was talking to my buddy. It's like, I want to hate them, but they have so many likable players, too, them. that are awesome. Altuve is like my favorite player in the Bregman, league. too. Yeah. yeah. Brantley. Oh, they're, they're loaded. So that's going to be a lot of fun. A lot of fun going on for sports fans in general. But we're here to talk about movies. That's what we do on this show once a week. Uh, this is not our Oscar-centric news and information show. That's going to be Oscar Race Checkpoint. You get that at the end of the week. We like to kick off your work week on Mondays, uh, recapping everything going on in the world of entertainment in Hollywood. So, Michael, let's start with some relevant What We're Watching segments. It's what we're watching. Wow, hit the opera this weekend. Go ahead. El Camino, a Breaking Bad movie. Oh, did that come out? This was really strong. Uh, it's more of an epilogue, like dual episode, double episode to Jesse Pinkman's story than I would say a must-see movie that really gives you essential stuff about the bake- Breaking Bad or the Baking Bad Baking franchise. Bad would be a great show. How is that not a parody for a yeah, baking show? The Great British Bake Off. Baking Bad. Yeah, yeah it's got to be a licensing thing. But, <laughs> I mean, like the show, Mike, there are some great scenes. Like, five stand out to Good. me at the very least. Look, am I a little let down that it's not essential viewing? Right. Yeah, l- perhaps. But much like the Deadwood and Downton Abbey movies this year, there's just so much fan service here. It's so fun to see these characters that you love mixing it up in great scenes and really strong screenwriting. One of those scenes, Mike, involved Robert Forster. Uh, in the vacuum shop from the series 
we loved them there. It was like a one-off, one episode for Mr. Forster. Unfortunately, we have some sad news now to report. Yeah, unfortunately, he did pass away a couple days ago. That news came out. He passed away at 78 years old. He had a career in Hollywood from 1967 to 2019. This is Robert Forster, of course. Spent 52 years as a Hollywood uh, entertainer. Reflections in a Golden Eye, Medium Cool, Alligator, Vigilante, and the Delta Force with some of the many supporting roles in studio films or starring roles in B movies that Tarantino talked about loving to the point where he wanted to cast Forster in Jackie Brown. Yeah, we love covering his Oscar-nominated performance there in Jackie Brown, and we all, we've also loved covering Robert Forster movies over the last couple years. Yeah. What they had from last year in the in the new season of Twin Peaks, he was in that, mm-hmm. and throughout this resurgence of his career since Jackie Brown highlights like i said breaking bad the descendants he was awesome in that sure maholland drive me myself and irene a lot of fairly brothers stuff olympus has fallen the heroes tv series yes we offer robert forster's family and friends our condolences and without any profound way to transition we will say again just how particularly great he was in this breaking bad movie mike it was the you know saw goodman parallel scene uh one of the very best scenes in the film in the middle of it and then he has the hammer spot in this movie as well so i i was just thoroughly impressed with him i hope posthumous emmys are in play for well, that's him. awesome to hear and, and it's it's a nice send off for him and yes i echo your sentiments of course we do um send our best to his families yeah, and friends there so sad. um as far as the breaking bad movie goes so what is more essential viewing mm-hmm. something like the downton abbey movie or <laughs> something like this as far as if you're a fan of either show oh the belly laugh the hard <laughs> belly laugh that i just had look there's nothing essential about Downton Abbey. I mean, Downton Abbey is wondrous. Christmas special. It's wondrous. Yeah. It's a Christmas special. It's glorious. I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's not essential at all. Okay. This is more essential than that, I would say. I think uh, Deadwood is more essential than that, I would say. But they're all a lot of fun. And I had a blast watching each one of these TV movies, essentially. One hit the big screen. The other hit the the streaming service and HBO Go there with the Deadwood movie. So I'm really happy about this. I hope we get these for a lot of our our favorite series going forward. Good. Hopefully it it kickstarts or re-kickstarts or revitalizes the Aaron Paul movie career there. Let's go. Hopefully Vince Gilligan gets back into the writing chair and starts working on another series or series of movies at least that can wow us and grip the zeitgeist because i think for those of us who do watch tv regularly still uh, on appointment viewing there's kind of a a lack of a show right now except for succession that people are really talking about successions coming out tonight with their finale we're recording this sunday afternoon but here's my obligatory yeah that's the best show on television (laughs) and i can't wait to watch it i have to watch it after the yankee game right late late tonight or or tomorrow but uh Totally in for that. I did get Hulu again for Little Monsters. This is the Lupita Nyong'o, Josh Gad zombie movie where she's a kindergarten teacher protecting kids. Mike, when I say Lupita Nyong'o, Josh Gad in an indie movie, you would expect one of the two of them to be the protagonist, correct? Are they not? They're not. Oh, wow. It's the uncle. This uncle character, which is this really slimy character. Yeah, I guess he's got the biggest arc. He's got the most places to go because Lupita's just, you know, wonderful throughout this. But I was very saddened to see that. I think it was a tragic mistake for this movie to put him in the protagonist purposeful misdirection too because all the marketing leading up to that was certainly highlighting lupita and josh gad's characters the the highlights of the movies are are those two characters and he he's hilarious and she's just great 
She has an awesome action scene in the middle of the movie, and then she doesn't do anything action hero-y throughout after that. that sucks. It was just terrible in terms of zombie action movie logic. We put this movie in the wrong hands, and unfortunately, I do think that sunk the movie for me. Well, that's very unfortunate, and I'm not happy to hear that. It's still amusing at times, and it's fine, but it, like the, the zombie are stuff the comedic is goods? Is, did you laugh at least? A couple times. It's really it's it's one of those movies where it's like one for four on oh, the jokes. Geez. All so, right, so, very unfortunate. Very yeah, unfortunate. Six point two on IMDb out early. Fifty eight Metascore. I guess that is adding up based on what you're saying. I wanted to love it. Yeah. I really did. Yeah, it's sad. Couple TV things I watch: Big Mouth season oh, three. Oh, look who does watch TV all of a sudden. Streaming TV here. <laughs> What's that? Four episodes into the new season. It's not as good as the first two seasons. Big Mouth. To be honest, I think it's still funny, but the like the plot is really weird. He's got he's like in love with his cell phone. The main character, and the cell phone talks to him <laughs> and like talks dirty to him. It's ridiculous. That's but. all I want out of my carrier plan. <laughs> Uh, we'll see. There's more arcs to come, but I didn't need to binge it. It was like it wasn't giving me that hook that I had to binge all whatever ten or twelve episodes yet. Uh, Nick Kroll was just on Bill Simmons' podcast. Just told Bill Simmons' son, who was a big Big Mouth fan, that apparently mm-hmm. Big Mouth is going to be getting its own spin-off series as well at Netflix. So that's something to look forward to. Steve. I don't. I, I get Human Resources is going to be the name of it. I know nothing about uh, this show. I'm just married to Google. So I also watch South Park, and I know you watch Sunny, so we're going to talk about some of our old favorites. What the hell happened to these icons of my youth, Mike? I didn't watch Sunny yet, but South Park isn't funny anymore. Now it started to happen last year. I thought that was a terrible season of television. I gave them a mulligan for it, but they're starting off the way they finished up. The fact that China is boycotting them is yeah, also a big story. Yeah, that seems to be where they're digging in now, too. They kind of, they offended China. The Chinese government has now censored South Park. They even, I saw today in the headlines, Zed, who was a very famous DJ, right. liked a South Park tweet about making fun of China, and the Chinese government has banned Zed from the country. So that's huge. how far they're yeah. going, and now South Park is like digging in and making China their their object of ire and going to make fun of them some more, it seems. They were going to double down, we yeah. knew that. And I don't know if I saw the third episode yet, I don't know if that came out okay. this week, but yeah, I figured they would... Uh... Not back down, let's just say that much. But you got to bring the goods as well, guys. I mean, I'm rooting for you so hard. I'll stick with it, but I think a lot of uh, American watchers will boycott it just because it's not funny anymore. Like, what the hell's happening? That's sad to hear. Maybe it'll find its footing. I mean, they're usually bankable for some laughs every season. I like the Tegrity Farm stuff with Randy Marsh here and there. That's that's probably the highlight. But, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan right now. Something I am a fan, though, and speaking of farms, yeah. I gave you a review to your face you this week. Yes. You thought it was I thought it was the where show. the mics were on, yeah, and they were not. It was this in front of the chance. mics. But The Biggest Little Farm is on VOD right now. There's a song, Mike, it's Circle of Life. There is, yes. It's at the beginning of both Lion King movies. <laughs> it uh, is. One is definitely better than the other, but they're both very good. Yes. Both very good. This entire documentary is a dramatization of that song, and it touched my animal-loving heart, my nature-loving heart. Uh, I didn't expect great drama from this, and there really isn't great drama. Like, I've heard best documentary buzz mm-hmm. for this movie. I would be surprised because the plot isn't as strong right. as, like, the whole scenario is. But they're talking about... You know, this new school, or really old school way of farming about basically developing an ecosystem with your farm. It's heartwarming. It's fascinating. It's a hope-inspiring watch that we could fix this planet by doing things like this, right? If we could 
trash the planet by doing wrong and putting too many factories out there. We could save the planet by coming up with more ecosystems. It gave me hope, Michael, and I don't think a lot of documentaries about nature do this nowadays, so watch it. Yeah, no, this planet's screwed, but it was <laughs> nice to hear that this one inspired some type of good feeling in you. This was what we talked about. This one won the Audience Award for at AFI Fest last year. Right. So uh, nice to hear that it seems worthwhile and it's, it's inspiring watching. some feelings in you and gets you in the right mindset. Yeah, if you need that pick-me-up for like five ninety nine on VOD there and, and you want a documentary, you want to learn a little something, this is that. All right. I, I, this is a high recommendation for me. B plus all day. Glad to hear that. So that's that's good. That's that's a nice little uplifting note to end your what you're watching on. Let's, let's play a C by skip quickly. We'll keep uh we'll keep succession out of it. We'll keep South Park out of it. Let's go biggest little farm, I guess. Little monsters and El Camino. Even though I'm pretty sure I know what oh, you're wow. skipping. Well, that's that's interesting because I'm gonna buy the biggest little farm. Okay. Well, I can, it's not interesting, actually. It's a terrible see by skip because I'm easily skipping. That's what I said. I'm pretty sure I knew you, you were skipping, so it was down to what you're buying, what you preferred more. So right. you, you preferred Biggest Little Farm over El Camino is what you're saying. I would see it again, though. Okay. I would see El Camino again. I'm actually curious to rewatch it again. I'm curious to watch the last episode or last season even of Breaking Bad because there's a ton of callbacks. So yeah. many callbacks. Yeah. Skilligan is good for those little Easter eggs so and every character in its own world. Yeah, yeah, every character from from the series that I could tell, and I, I really loved it. All right, my what we're watching was was pretty low key. I did watch one movie from 2019. I watched Haunt. This was. Scott Beck and Brian Woods. It's kind of a take on their version, anyway, of like this haunted house, this carnival house of mayhem, like a house of mirrors type thing gone wrong. So this is a a Quiet Place, guys, right? Yeah, the two writers from A Quiet Place. It reminded me a lot of like the vein of Your Next and Hellfest, if you watch those from last year, that type of thing. Look, these scary movies where you have masked antagonists, that is not a whodunit, you know what I mean? Like, the masked people aren't hiding one of the characters that you know throughout the movies. Like, it's not a Scream-type plot. It's just a regular masked baddie that right. you have no attachment to. It's always very tough for me to have an unmasking scene in any movie like that when you don't care about who's behind the mask. I never think they should take the masks off. Right. This one, it's not spoiling anything. They do, and I think it's as good a payoff as you could have in such a circumstance because I think that's very tough to write your way out of. Overall, I thought it was a decent horror movie. There were a couple of good jump scares and it freaked me out and definitely played the creepy factor. They tried a little too hard in some areas. I wasn't, you know, enamored with it. I don't know that I'll ever actually see it again, but for what it was, it was fine. Nice little 90-minute movie that gave me some creeps and scares and got me into the Halloween season. So better unmaskings. I know you watched The uh, Masked Singer, right? You've watched some of those. Better unmaskings. (laughs) In this movie... Or in that show. I mean, they're totally different. That's what I'm saying. This isn't... You're not seeing Antonio Brown when these guys take off their masks in this movie. It's Henry Winkler. Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, if it was Henry Winkler as the murderer in this movie, yeah, it'd be great. Just randomly <laughs> it's not. Henry Winkler. No. <laughs> I, I guess the Masked Singer, because that's more of a whodunit, more of a who is it, I guess. Okay. So that's where I'll end on that. Um, so I'm not watching it. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have, I think for hardcore horror fans, if you're looking for something new and fun to get into the spooky season, no. yeah, okay, yeah good. it's, it's worth while it's a good watch as far as a horror movie that's not a good watch i watched freddy versus jason i've never seen this god bless you for it <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna make myself into halloween season if it kills me i'm gonna like force myself to rewatch these horror movies because it's my favorite time of year and i feel like it's already gonna be like it's october 14th by the time we're listening to this and i've done nothing for halloween mm-hmm. and that's very unlike me and i don't like it so i'm gonna try to force this but <laughs> 
I could not help but think, Freddy versus Jason, you had, like, the cult. People love Nightmare on Elm Street, obviously. People love Friday the 13th. Two horror icons. Probably two of the Holy Trinity with Michael Myers there. Freddy versus Jason, if it came out today, we'd, like, we'd want an esteemed director attached to it. We'd want a huge writer. We'd want it handled with care. and. By we, you mean who? I'm, I'm the royal we. We the horror royal, fans. Okay. Yeah, yeah. This came out in 2003. Mm-hmm. It was a dud, and there was really no accountability for it other than box office. I, I couldn't help but think, wow, thank God for this studio. They didn't release this in the age of social media because it would have been, with all the hype and lead up to it, it would have been crucified. And I remember there was a lot of people that were excited online for it. Right. It would have been absolutely crucified if it came out in 2019 as it was today. So I can't help but think, yes, social media obviously is the bane of all our existences in a lot of ways for all of us. But it also has kind of impacted the movie world, I would yeah. think, because oh, no studios would not bother releasing something like this anymore in this day and age, especially if something that had so much hype and so much buildup. Uh, that said, it was my like my 70th time watching this movie, so <laughs> I'm, I, I'm, I'm a hypocrite is what I'm saying. Yeah. So Godzilla versus Kong, they're shaking in their boots yeah. a little bit after this movie doesn't get a remake. That's a great example. Like they, yeah. they know they can't really afford to be a disaster there, right? So you would think they're putting a little care in it. Halloween couldn't afford to be a disaster disaster with David Gordon Green and Danny McBride attached to it. So mm. I'm hopeful that as we go forward, now should they ever decide to reboot Friday the 13th or should they ever decide to reboot uh, Nightmare on Elm Street and then all kinds of rumors, LeBron James getting involved with one of them and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. They'll have a high bar to cross because Robert England is so iconic in the Freddy role and Jason is Jason. So I'm curious to see what happens, but just something to ponder as far as a meta thinking about what social media has done to our movie watching. Otherwise, nothing really crazy for me standard nonsense you mentioned it i think sunny is off to maybe its best three episode start in years so i picked the wrong one one night this week i was gonna watch like catch up on south park or catch up on sunny i catch i caught up on south park i think the first the first two especially three was strong but the first two episodes of sunny have been like old school laugh out loud <laughs> guffawing for me good, it was good. so good uh I, the most enjoyable tv show i've had in years but i also watch it as appointment viewing because i live life like it's 1999 like prince suggested we all should <laughs> he said to party i think yeah that's what i do to party that's how i get down um yeah so i don't have a big watching week i don't really have a lot to pick from i apologize it was standard a lot of youtube nonsense as i usually do uh which aren't episodic television in any right in a lot of a lot of backstage wrestling nonsense sense, which I won't bog the people down with this week because I did that last week. Well, that was some interesting <laughs> stuff about wrestling. Was it a better week for wrestling this week than last week or it was last no. week? Okay. No. It was bad. It was bad. It was a bad. It was a big week and it was a bad week. So you didn't even have like the NXT AEW kind of I back watched Survivor forth? this week, yeah. So you I, did I watch recorded AEW. I have to get... I so you can record. Yet. Yeah, I You do it. know how to right. use the... via. Uh, what is that? BOD. Or, v- no, that's video on demand. V- VDR. 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 Yeah. You do not. DVR. Uh-huh. Yeah, I too. We're like old people now. <laughs> What's the acronym? <laughs> We're like our Ravioli? <laughs> Holy cannoli. You kids and your DVRs and your DVWs. I do want to watch Breaking Bad, though. I'm glad to hear that's up to snuff, and I hope that Vince Gilligan gets into more things. Hope Aaron Paul gets into more things. It'll be interesting to see if that is the true end of that show as well. Otherwise, let's slide into audience interaction. Let's though. do it. Yeah, let's do all it. Right. Let's do a six degrees of MMO. Zazzy beats to Conrad Buff the fourth. The most hilarious thing <laughs> about this whole segment is he is the fourth. <laughs> 
Because we celebrated his name. We thought it was a great one. And now we know why it's a great one. Because it was passed down from buff to buff to buff to buff. There's been as many Conrad buffs as there are letters in the last name buff. So good. Mike, efficiency awards. And I'm going to take them two at a time yeah. for us today. Talk Zone Radio at Talk Zone Radio says Zazzy was in The Joker with Joaquin Phoenix, who was in Solar Babies, edited by Conrad Buff the Fourth. Luke Skywalker brushes off his shoulder, gif. <laughs> Because that's one to, one to two, bang. Solar Babies. Can you believe it? That's not a real movie, is it? Apparently it is. Solar Babies <laughs> movie. Jack Mayer at jmay658 says Zazie Beats was in The Joker with Francis Conroy, who was in The Aviator with Leonardo DiCaprio, who was in that Titanic, edited by Conrad Buff, number four. Leo was in Titanic? That's interesting. <laughs> Ephraim Winslow at Hayden underscore Petty, P-E-T-T-Y, Zazie Beats to Ryan Reynolds via Deadpool, of course. Reynolds was with Denzel Washington in Safe House, which was not a good movie. No. I did see that. I think I actually own that in Blu-ray. Do you uh, really? Yeah, I think I do. That's somewhere. your fault. Yeah, well, yes. Uh, Denzel Washington was in a Buff-edited movie, which was Training Day, of course. Which Con- is a great movie. Conrad Buff getting a lot of... I didn't realize he was this experienced. I guess I should have if he was mm. with James Cameron, but a lot of Oscar-type movies that he's Terminator, involved with. Terminator, Titanic, Training Day. Yeah. I love it. Uh, the Recasted Podcast also landed its feet here in this section. I had to look up who Conrad Buff was. Hmm, didn't good. we all? He says, so maybe that's cheating. It's not. Do whatever you need to do to get the answers in. That's how we feel of it. The more ridiculous, the better. But, as Recasted says, two degrees of separation. Zazzy to Ryan Reynolds via Deadpool 2 again. To Denzel via Safe House again. To Buff, but he cites Equalizer 2, not Trading Day. So Buff, Conrad Buff the fourth, doing his family namesake proud, doing a lot of Denzel movies, a lot of James Cameron movies. Fugo movies. Yeah. Awesome. Spooky, scary Nolan. This is, of course, the Halloween (laughs) handle for at Nolan Roberts 17, frequent flyer. He said Zazzy Beats is in Atlanta, created by Donald Glover, who was in Solo, a Star Wars story featuring Han Solo, a character who has also appeared in a little-known movie called The Empire Strikes Back, edited by Conrad Buff. I like how I picked Conrad Buff because I thought it was a funny like one-off, and he's like Hollywood royalty. And <laughs> I'm is. an idiot. I'm a he's dumb great. person. I love it. The MMO Best Original Song Half Episode Award. This goes to Kate at Captain Hangry, C-A-P-T underscore Hangry, H-A-N-G-R-Y. I'm hangry, too. I'm on Zazzy Beats was in Deadpool 2 that featured the amazing original song Ashes, of course, by Celine Dion. Celine, uh, it's a Celine, won an Academy Award, of course, for My Heart Will Go On from Titanic. Titanic, obviously edited by Conrad Buff the Fourth. Yes, of course. Our first episode of the best original song half-episode series there. That was a lot of fun. we got to do one of those again. It's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. That's how Stained would say it. Yeah, the David Lynch Award left peak this week goes to Swamp Thing at Wojcik Weischer. Zazzy Beats was in Atlanta with Lakeith Stanfield, who's in Sorry to Bother You with Tessa Thompson, who shares a birthday with Tommy Wiseau. How about that? Look at that that. research, Wojcik. Great job. Tommy Wiseau directed The Room, who was, of course, you know, the basis for the disaster artist by James Franco, who was in Rise of the Planet of the Apes, edited by C. Buff. I'm starting to wonder if there's a movie Conrad Buff didn't edit. He's edited so <laughs> He's many been awesome everywhere, movies. especially action movies. <laughs> the right peak of the David Lynch Award goes to Mark Burgundy at The One Hanson, another frequent flyer. Zazie Beats was in an episode of The Twilight Zone, as was John Cho, hmm. who was 
in Harold and Kumar Escape from Guantanamo Bay. <laughs> I love how you would pick that one, which is the surname of Michael Bay, who had a cameo in Mystery Men, edited by Conrad Buff. What a link there. What? Two, two links in a row. The surname link, and then there's a cameo in Mystery Men by Michael Bay. <laughs> Just who knows that? Your pattern. Of Mark stuff. Burgundy knows that. Yes. All right, the novel of the week, a.k.a. MMO's Pulitzer Prize, <laughs> which we are now calling it, MC Myers at Film Objective. He says, in honor of Joker, this is buff to beats with the extra requirement that each step must go through a connection to Joker. I like that. Good Con theme. Yeah, Conrad Buff was on the miniature and optical effects unit on The Empire Strikes Back. Wow. <laughs> Directed by Irvin Kirshner. Mark Hamill plays the Joker in the animated series. He's in that movie. Kirshner also directed RoboCop 2, which was written by Frank Miller. Frank Miller, of course, wrote The Dark Knight Returns, the graphic novel. Miller also wrote and co-directed Sin City, A Dame to Kill For, starring Josh Brolin as Dwight. Brolin was an inherent vice with Joaquin Phoenix, who is the new Joker. Brolin played Cable in Deadpool 2 with Zazie Beetz as Domino, who was in the Joker. Are you sick of me switching my voice intonations? I'm practicing for an audiobook narration job. That was a great book by MC Myers, too. Great great audio inflection by you also, Mike. But that was a, a nice book. We had a couple long novels entered uh, as well this week. So as always, we do implore you, a lot of the listeners are doing some really funny, creative stuff. So yeah. do take a couple minutes. If you need a laugh at work, go check out our Six Degrees of MMO chain. You, all you got to do is type in the hashtag on Twitter, Six Degrees of MMO, all one word. You'll be able to see our, our last couple entries and the people commenting back on us. The the creativity is off the chart, so go check that out for sure. The winner this week, though, as it has been a couple times lately. He's awesome. Yeah, he's batting, batting a high average right now. Dark Nook at Dark Nook Shop for this week's added degree of difficulty, which he's been doing on his own, <laughs> yes. just adding in his own degree of difficulty, which we appreciate. Uh, in honor of your conversation the last episode, he's only using actors in movies that sound suggestively like adult entertainment, as Conrad Buck. <laughs> name does so we have zazzy beats was an easy that works with sophia bush bush was in learning curves with meat loaf which i like that he separated the words meat yeah, loaf yeah. meat as he casually refers to him <laughs> as was in spice world with alan cumming Ew. oh good lord cumming was in strange magic with tony cox Cox was in Spaceballs, edited by Conrad Buff. That may be the greatest entry of all time. <laughs> I've read this like 20 times already. It makes me laugh every time. Great job, Dark Nook. Great job, everybody, this week. A yes. lot of fun. Dark Nook, you get all the brag rights. You are the winner of Six Degrees of MMO this week, mm -hmm. sitting on that leather uh, chair that is now floating in space, coming through the roof, bra mm -hmm. blasting its way through the house. Mike and I wearing ghost masks and Jester hats alongside it. Mm -hmm. uh, what do we like to add to it this week, Michael? Yes, and? So the leaves are falling. Mm -hmm. And it's making a striking mm. profile on the front lawn mm. because this is now the greatest Halloween decoration mm. in front of ah. any house ever ever established by anyone because you have a floating transparent ghost chair with your corporeal body on, <laughs> on top of it, a bunch of dancing jesters right. Right. in us. And people are like, what, did you have to pay these guys to show up? And you're like, no, they just appeared. I don't know who they are. I think this house is haunted. And I think some paranormal investigators mm -hmm. are now just scoping the place out. Working their way up. They're agree. outside. Yeah. So that they're going to factor into this six degrees of MMO. All, all we're point. doing here is saying that obviously when November 1st comes, we're going to have to restart a new chair. <laughs> yeah, <true>. A new <laughs> throne. Uh, you are the winner this week, Dark Nook. All bragging rights, six degrees go to you. Michael, what is the challenge for the nice people next week? So we just reviewed Parasite and we are 
fan of that. Hook! And then we are not fan of that what? between the two of us. That was a great review. Listen to the non-spoiler section, even if you haven't uh, seen the movie yet. I'm the fun. only person brave enough online to lead the light and the truth about this movie oh, look, through the darkness. For the first half of that sentence, I was about to give you a pat on the back. And then, of course, you went over the top. But I, I do want to bring in Kang Ho Song, the lead of that film. It was great. He's great in Bong Joon-ho movies uh, throughout his career. He's also been in, like, Thirst. He's, he's been in a, a couple of different things. Every time he's awesome. So Kang Ho Song to one of the scene stealers, I think, of the upcoming Zombieland Double Tap, Mike. Zoe Deutsch from Set It Up. She's playing a very funny character in these trailers. She's got the pink jumpsuit. Love it. Very unlike a Zoe, what we know from Zoe Deutsch sure. anyway. So we're going to get into that when we talk about the latest Zombieland trailer later in this episode as well. But that is your challenge for this week. Kang Ho Song to Zoe Deutsch. Uh, do your worst, MMO listeners. And we want to see the creativity. As always, you can reach out to us. Uh, leave it at either Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook or Instagram or at MM and Oscar on Twitter. Look forward to you playing along again this week, as always. And we'll move on here to a box office update, Michael. So last Monday was an October record for Joker. Joker is crushing it. It's holding this week. Mike, this is big news for Tuesday as well. That's huge news. Yeah, it just keeps setting records. It set the biggest October opening ever record. It followed that opening weekend number up with the biggest Monday opening of all time for an October release. That raked in $9.7 million. Then it followed that record-setting performance up with the biggest October Tuesday rake of all time, bringing in another $13.9 million. So that's over $23.5 million for just the Monday and Tuesday rake of this past week. For comparison's sake, the second highest gross in that time frame was what Downton Abbey did, and they did just over two. 2.2 million for those two days, so that's less than 10% of what Joker was pulling in. Uh, this is a totally meaningless stat, but I found it pretty amazing. If Joker's Monday-Tuesday numbers was the film's opening weekend number, so if it only did 23.6 million for its opening weekend, which is all it did on Monday and Tuesday, just the two days alone would have been good for a top 30 film debut of 2019 for Joker. Incredible. This thing is setting the box office on fire. October has never seen anything like this. That is one of the stronger holds we've seen and for October, that which is not used to strongholds because everything's going on. You got Monday Night Football, you got Monday Night Wrestling, you got all these different things, especially for that demographic. No, people are still going to the movies. That's a great scene. I wonder if this, there's just like something's changing in the water. Venom just set the record last year. Joker, obviously, these are high profile, mm -hmm. big studio pictures, but. They're setting records back-to-back -back years, so if you do the right thing, if you have the right type of horror-adjacent property with solid marketing and an intriguing lead, there's money to be made in October, clearly. So the next story here is, you know, a water change in a way, but something that's always been if they freaking realized yeah. it much earlier. <laughs> Female filmmakers are succeeding more at the box office this year than ever before. No shit. Yeah, who'd have thunk this, huh? It's almost as if there are a bunch of extremely talented, highly capable females who are just biting at the chance to make all sorts of uber-quality movies out there. That's wild! It's ridiculous. And, this is and ridiculous. Fuck you, Bill Burr. <laughs> um, we're not just male feminists, or we are male feminists, but come on. Come on, this is obvious! Yes. Uh, Kate Erbland, citing a study from USC professor Stacy Smith, who had kept track of such statistics for the school's Annenberg Inclusion Initiative, is projecting that 2019 is going to have at least, at least, underscored 12 movies in the top 100 grossing films of the year, which will be held by females. That's an all-time high mark. Just it's not enough, numbers. but it's good. Not nearly enough. 
obviously. The number could be as high as 14 such films. Kate Erbland goes on to cite the forthcoming, of course, A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Harriet, Honey Boy, etc. So, yes, great job. The highest number so far of the top 100. It's progress. But it's 14 out of 100 at right. the best. That's not nearly good enough. Not nearly good enough. One step forward, but still, you know, great job for getting here as always. But shame on you for taking so long. And shame on you for not being progressed enough. Hopefully next year with Patty Jenkins, etc. Yeah. We'll get, we'll get even better numbers. Let's look at this weekend, though. Joker made 55 million. That's a huge hold on Crazy. last week's 96. That's a great job by Joker yet again. It has a worldwide total right now of $544 million. That's a lot of money. It's on its way to a billion. <laughs> yeah, the way it's it, it might get there. That's that's an incredible job by that department. Great job by Warner Brothers. If you take a chance, I know it's not an original property, but it's certainly an original take on the property. Yeah. And if you take a chance and do your diligence as a big studio, you can make money off of original ideas even though again i know this isn't a wholly original idea just the points for ambition yeah points that's, that's where i'm trying to and, go with and this. balls and it's it's not easy to pull that movie off and we still liked it overall no question about it b minus b were our grades so those are positive another grades. thing i did watch this week i didn't mention it but snl last night on saturday night david oh, yeah. harbour was the host they did a a parody of the joker trailer and arthur oh, good. instead of arthur fleck they did Oscar the Grouch, and he's a garbage man that becomes obsessed with living in it and just treating people like trash and living in it. It was very funny. It all takes place on Sesame Street instead of Gotham, and Sesame Street's run down and riddled with crime. No. Now. Very good parody. It made me laugh. But Does Dave Chappelle have a cameo? Uh, <laughs> Points <laughs> off for no Dave Chappelle no, cameo. No, no, ca no cameo good. there. I live in a fucking trash can! <laughs> I love that Adam so Family rolled up second at the box office this week. That's not good news for Gemini Man, which was third, but Adam's Family managed to pull in 30.3 million if you would ask me say six months ago which movie would finish first at the box office the second weekend joker was out in the debut week of gemini man i don't think adam's family would have entered the conversation would it have correct and this was way above projections for adam's family so they're very happy this is another movie like joker that should hold well throughout spooky season because people want to see horror adjacent properties we and it's asked great. you know is is it a good time for an Adams Family thing. Is there enough notoriety for the property within this generation of kids to make a kids movie for this? Apparently, either the answer is yes or it doesn't matter, right? Because $30 million, great job. That's a solid number two debut. It really is, and we want to see it too. Yeah. Gemini Man, you mentioned 20.5. That can't be what they wanted. $138 million budget? I uh -oh. wouldn't think so. Uh -oh. Yeah, $20.5 20. million. That's going to struggle to do any kind of numbers. That's probably going to be a huge loss leader. I don't understand... You know, Ang Lee, when he's independent, he crushes it. Get him to a big studio film, maybe the studio gets too involved, maybe he's too giving and allows too much leeway, because how could you not? They're the ones funding the project, but I don't know, but don't that's know sad to see. He's had a couple of flops, unfortunately. Yeah. Uh, Abominable made $6.2 Downton Abbey made 4.9. Downton Abbey is now up to $152 million globally off that 13 And they still budget. haven't announced any kind of sequel. They're gay. They gotta do it soon. <laughs> My mother's gonna lose her mind. Jexy was the other lone release. It's like a parody of Siri or something with Adam Devine. 
3.1 million. That's DOA. I'm very confused as to why that got a national rollout. It, it, like, they didn't even start showing trailers or promotion for it until two days before its debut. Something must have happened there. We were barely aware of yeah. it. Yeah. And we didn't cover it on the show. No, I mean, no. I was aware of it in my own life. But yeah. that was about it, and it didn't really... Odd. Very, very odd, John. I, I wonder if something's going to come out with somebody who was attached to that did, you know, it was... The studio's being a little spiteful there, or what happened? But Very strange. Weird. At the specialty box office now, Parasite did very well in its per-theater average, 125K. That's the largest since La La Man. Ooh. The La La, La, La Man. Man. The La La Man, <laughs> which is a horror movie about La La Land, the uh, jazz savior film uh, that made like 180 or 175. I forget what it was. That's Nothing could be going more right for this movie. As far as promotion and expectation and momentum and lead up, I think if it ever does go national, I don't know what their plans are for it, but once it does go more wide, I think people are going to flock to it like a group of bugs. You see what I did there? Like a group of bugs. You did something there. Like a moth to a flame. (laughs) (laughs) Let's go to some trailer thoughts. Handful of trailers to start this week, Michael. Jungle Cruise. Yeah, the premise here. Remember how we turned that Pirates ride into a movie franchise that made us billions of dollars? I do. That, but with Jungle Cruise. So remember last week how I said I was sick of generically identical action movies? I'm never sick of Emily Blunt action movie ass kicker. I'm so here for that. You're remembering a lot of things throughout this premise read, (laughs) but... By Emily Blunt, you also mean you're not sick of The Rock, and this combination makes you both happy and aroused, let's face it. Yes. Uh, look, look, obviously I'm very charmed by The Rock, and I have connection to him, but I, I was quite impressed with Emily Blunt. She's jumping around, she's getting in the choreographed fighting game in this one. That she can handle cool. herself. Yeah. Of course, she's done it how many times now? Now, the plot for this movie. Oh, God. <laughs> she, Emily Blunt needs a magical arrowhead to unlock an old Amazon tree's healing powers. Because that's what you do. You have arrowheads unlock trees. <laughs> we're, we're like... Mixing our metaphors. We're like we're a doing. white movie executive suggestion of Nick Cage stealing the Declaration of Independence <laughs> away from having that happen. What are we doing? <laughs> but instead, we don't have Nick Cage. We have The Rock in a fraudulent tourism company. So a funny Hitler parody imaginary friend is too risky for Disney, <laughs> but a worldwide operator of theme parks, uh-huh. they're going to structure a major tentpole around a fraudulent tourist attraction. Very good. That's what the... That's Coming what over the, to your side slowly but surely. So now, can Rock play this shyster type character? He doesn't seem to... He's always like big, bad, buff Hollywood megastar. He can play off getting punched in the face as something funny, so it doesn't matter, Michael. It doesn't matter. <laughs> as long as he's got muscles, that's what matters. We're both seeing yeah. this. <laughs> Probably. <laughs> Charlie's Angels had its second trailer. Premise. Remember all that stuff about being here for Emily Blunt action movie ass kicker? That, but it's Kristen Stewart and she's a Charlie Angel. Yeah, I'm loving Kristen Stewart's movie career too, but this is the second lousy trailer for this movie in my opinion. I'm not in right now. I'm not feeling it. Yeah, I, I echo your sentiments. I actually had to go back and rewatch the first trailer after this one because didn't I see all this already? There's so much overlap the first between trailer, this and the first trailer. That was like 40 second segments or 30 second segments. This is the serious part. This is the fun part. Yeah. This is the kooky part. Right. This is the happy part. It's like this trailer is even worse because it's like 15 minute segments and then 15 bad, minute segments 15 second seg- segments sorry uh bad girls romp we got the bad it's girls. an hour and 15 minute trailer two, two, beep beep god damn it what are they doing 
I don't know. Elizabeth Banks did Pitch Perfect 2, obviously. She's only written this. That's the other feature film she has directed was Pitch Perfect 2. Yep. Jimon Hansu and Patrick Stewart are both listed as Bosley on the IMDb page. Weird. I wonder if that's a spoiler. Look, I'm loving Elizabeth Banks' career of late as well. Jimon Hansu, I don't know how he's doing this year because last year he must have acted in so many darn things. He's been in every film. Shazam, The Kingsman, this. So those are just three, but I remember doing the preview episodes where he was in like seven properties coming out this year. And I don't know how his legs are doing. Like, what are his (laughs) knees doing right now? I'm rooting for the man. Uh, I don't know. This movie is just not working on I share your concerns. I do. Uh, Anytime you have a second trailer that looks very much like the first trailer, I'm wondering why you're not showing more. Speaking of that. We're going to differ here. Okay. Zombieland, Double Tap, had its final Red Band trailer because they like to say the F word. And they think that gets people to laugh. I like the did, premise to that. Yeah. Because it was like, here's the not only an F word trailer or something right. like that. It was right. Like, here's the premise. Remember all that stuff I said about Emily Blunt and Kristen Stewart? That, but Emma Stone now. You're very funny. Thanks. Very you. good. You're so much funnier this week than last week. What <laughs> happened last week? It was a depressing week. <laughs> Just a down, down in the dumps. Sad pro wrestling week. It was sad, sad pro wrestling. All right. TV week. Okay, good. That's two. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's enough. Yeah. That's, right there. Well, that's all I got. That's both. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> both it's things you love. Nice to see Bill Murray back. A couple of funny lines. <laughs> Drugs cost a lot of money. That was funny. <laughs> yeah. And that was like the lone funny thing. I mean, the Zoe Deutsch stuff I've seen in the previous trailer. Yes, I agree. Otherwise, I mean, it wasn't great. Well, like, it's Red Band. Like, we've seen three trailers of this, haven't we? Okay. I don't think this is supposed to be showing us anything new. What? I am curious about, we touched on this before, you said it, Zoe Deutsch, she was this overly capable, somewhat uptight assistant in that Set It Up movie on Netflix, we reviewed it, so this Madison character she's portraying is like the exact opposite, right down to the hair color, she was a brunette there, she's a blonde here, it's believable, I didn't think it was her at first, the first time I saw it, so it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out, I can't wait for this to win Best Picture. We're seeing this, bottom yeah. line. Yeah, yeah. of course we you, are. You're down on it. I'm, I'm a little upset you're down on it. I didn't like it. the last two yeah. trailers. I like the first trailer. I like the slow motion spearing wink at the camera, smile at the camera from Woody Harrelson. All right. I like the Clinton administration cigars. What does that even mean? That's that's a joke for our generation. Did she smoke else. cigars? Well, that, there was a whole thing about Monica Lewinsky and... Smoking and, cigars with him? Yeah, he smoked... Yeah, there oh, was okay. a whole thing. Right, I get it now. Yeah, yeah. Onward. Still not funny. <laughs> Trailer 2. I had a second look. Premise. Pixar releases its new property sure to make a billion dollars and involving a magical staff that brings back Ogre Dad for 24 hours. Mike, if you gave me a million guesses <laughs> about the premise of this movie, I could not have come close to this hilarious and brilliant and innovative and weird little weekend at Bernie's kind of a setup here. It looks so charmingly funny. I love it. We got a biker gang of fairies. We got unicorns, (laughs) which are basically trash raccoons. Tom Holland, Chris Pratt, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. I don't know how this doesn't make bank, and I don't know how we don't get two to three sequels out of it either. Well, I mean, I'm almost worried. The the trailers are so much fun, and they're so in my wheelhouse because I love fantasy fiction I love fantasy movies I'm so in here the what a tightrope you're walking with these trailers so Zombieland yeah. doesn't meet your expectations but this is Onward may have surpassed your expectations it's rising my expectations too high I it's can't like these... see that because my expectations are too high and I can't see that because my expectations are too low well I'm rattled because of your reaction to Parasite this is your fault it's good. not my fault good. it's your fault good Chris Pratt's comic timing though here is Perfect. great like just the voice readings of this yep. I mean he's 
just he's got so much talent. This guy cut his teeth with Parks and Rec there. I, I love I love Chris Pratt. I still do. Great cast and great for Tom Holland to kind of stay in that Disney world there. I think he could be a yes. big big player in a couple years Let's to come. Let's go. And they're using my favorite song from Baby Driver, so come on. <laughs> come on. This is just for me, this movie. This cartoon movie. I'm in my 30s, folks. <laughs> That's all right. Nothing else. We just did a whole rewatch series of Pixar. I think you're amongst good company. Uh, the Turning had its first trailer debut. Premise, if you're waiting for your obligatory January horror movie, here it is. Yeah. Finn Wolfhard is progressing nicely into a younger-looking Timothy Chalamet. Or stunt double. I'm sorry. Oh, no. I'm, so, oh, I'm no. sorry. No, but nobody's Chalamet. Come on. No, come I, on. I, I just meant on, on looks only, but yeah, I, I thought it was Chalamet at I first. Do That's mean, why I said that. I do mean on looks only because <laughs> you need those glasses that are out right now at the top of your head. I don't know how you're even reading your copy be, unless you blew it up to size 190 font. It's in Braille. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie Davis babysits a creepy Finn Wolfhard and a somehow even creepier Brooklyn Prince in this who looks like she's the exact same age as she was two years ago in the Florida Project. That's creepy right there. Yeah. But wouldn't this movie be a hundred times better if she was the foul mouth oh, character from the Florida Project? Every movie would be on. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> Great point. I don't, so like, I'm a horror for, I'm a horror for suckers, what I was going to say. You're I'm a, a sucker. sucker for horror Dane movies, uh, as always. And it looks intriguing, but I really, looking at it from 3,000 feet, I don't like a lot of things about this. January horror movies are usually not great. Mm -hmm. One missed call says hello. <laughs> I hate that this is being released so soon after Terminator Dark Fate, because to me, I get the impression of Universal saying, well, we got kind of a dud movie here, but maybe Terminator Dark Fate makes Mackenzie Davis a bigger star, and we can get some people into the theater looking to see more Mackenzie Davis so soon after Terminator okay. Dark Fate. Okay, well, there's an optimistic side to that. Let's make Mackenzie Davis a full-blown movie star yeah. and then let's ride her coattails with this next film that I hope is okay because, yes, I co-sign all those things, but Spider-Hands, Mike, <laughs> might be so hilarious or scary because Spider-Hands? Are you kidding me? I'm getting ticklish just thinking about it. This might be awesomely bad territory. Yeah. I'm not going to lie. That makes me want to see this a little. And look, I guess the plot, though. Should I say it? Should I spoil the yeah, plot? Yeah, that old woman mm -hmm. is the ghost, like, occupying the body, right? The ghost is occupying the old woman's body because her body is, like, decrepit. Right. That poor actress, whoever that makeup <laughs> is, is ridiculous. It's such bad make makeup. So this ghost is due for a new body. Mackenzie Davis's uh, body is going to be used, and therefore this ghost mom just basically keeps recycling <laughs> nanny bodies to stay corporeal for the kids. <laughs> would have been great if this movie was called Ghost Mom instead of whatever it's called. The movie is basically Ghost Mom. <laughs> ghost Mom. And Mackenzie Davis has to do the turning into the Ghost Mom. Well, there you go. So you don't have to bother seeing it now. You just get another free preview from Mike, Mike, and Oscar. <laughs> Earthquake! Bird also had its trailer debut. Terrible title. Awful title. The premise, fish out of water thriller based in Japan in which Riley Keough goes missing and Alicia Vikander starts seeing things. Yeah, here's what's also awful about this. The feelings that it strikes up in me because I am a beast and a male monster because Riley Keough and Alicia Vikander, just Austin Power gifts, all the Austin Power gifts because... <laughs> Are you kidding me? They copied, they basically took that my algorithm. That was such a long way to go to say, say that you I'm thought a, they were hot. I am a pervert. Yeah, that's what it is. That's what it means. It's a long way to I say. I had no idea where you were going. I was trying to we classically call myself a pervert, but they're just so attractive. It is what it is. I'm a red-blooded man. My God. They literally followed my algorithm here, Netflix, and they, they I mean, a thriller, a mystery starring those two, my God. 
goodness gracious. Do, do you have any thoughts about the plot? No. Okay. I don't care. I'm just watching it. I'm watching it. You got me, Netflix. You got me. Uh, let's talk about some other stuff we I'm may, not may proud not of care myself. about. second this is where we take other news stories of the week we ask each other do we should we or will we care about them uh usually i butter up mike but since he's just coming off calling himself a pervert we'll ask <laughs> disgusting awful creepy also mike here as we do for the first do you care question right. every week what we care about and do we care about any of the movies opening this week in theaters we have maleficent mistress of evil and Zombieland 2 those are our two nationwide releases we also have cyrano it's cyrano and you saw this trailer before judy this, this is the, the, the French? Yeah. I was making fun of this trailer before. <laughs> I will not. I don't care. Can we end this segment? I don't care. <laughs> uh, Jojo Rabbit and The Lighthouse are the other two limited releases this week as well, Michael. Tell me why I care about Cyrano. You don't care okay. about Cyrano. Probably I don't either. But I, I kind of care about The Laundromat a little bit. That's coming out on Netflix. I'm just curious. Sure. I'm curious to watch that. Three from Hell is probably something you care, yes. about, care about. It's Rob Zombie there. Fast and Furious presents Hobbs and Shaw. That's awesomely bad. I know you, you want to check that mm -hmm. one out. I, I saw it in theaters. It was okay. It was fun. But, of course, The Lighthouse and Jojo Rabbit, these are movies Big. we're going to cover as soon yep. as possible and we've been talking about Zombieland 2 throughout this episode and we'll continue to do so we're going to see that one Maleficent Mistress of Evil I pr I'm curious to see it but I'm probably not rushing to the theaters to see it yeah I probably feel the same as you I'll probably wait till that one comes on demand as well Zombieland 2 don't forget we have our all the horror episode coming out this Thursday yeah. we're going to be talking about uh, along with our friends they're going to send us in some clips we're all going to be talking about and commenting on how we would spend the zombie apocalypse in honor of Zombieland 2's uh, debut coming out in theaters this week. I can't wait for that one to come out. I can't wait for that one to disrupt everyone's Oscars pools. 1917 <laughs> and Parasite and GTFO. Zombieland 2 for Best Picture. Mike, Halloween Kills <laughs> is returning to Haddonfield Memorial Hospital. This is official on Twitter. Brad Miska article on Bloody yeah, Disgusting. I care because I'm worried. Are you really? Yeah, I know you're a big fan of this idea. I am... I have nothing but full faith and confidence in McBride and David Gordon Green, yeah. so I'm not that worried, but as an idea, I wish they would avoid this. Because now you're not making your own timeline, you're you're, re, you're redoing the original. Yeah, but they still visited a lot of the same settings, the landmarks from you know from Halloween 1 in the 1978 in the first one. Wojciech brought this up, Rob Zombie kind of did do a hospital, obviously, he did a great hospital look in Halloween 2, his Halloween 2... Somebody asked me on Twitter, like, what Halloween movie are you most curious to rewatch? And I would want to rewatch the 20 minute segment on Halloween 2 that Rob Zombie did at the beginning of that movie. The best the Halloween 2 we've gotten so far was that 10 so. minute, 20 minute opening. Yeah. All that being said, Halloween 2 was awesomely bad from 1981. The, we had yes. so much fun. Well, so I that. would say so was Rob Zombie's. Yeah. yeah. Maybe not awesomely, maybe just bad. But <laughs> yeah. Uh, Crazy. My God. So I'm sure, you know, you're bringing back so much. We just talked about recently how they're bringing back the original James. Me. They're bringing back the the not original, but they're bringing back the Tommy Doyle character. Anthony Michael Hall is going to be reprising that role. So nervous. 
I have real. faith, but I'm a little nervous. I think it's cool. I yeah. think let's go to the scary setting. Let's do something the same but different, and let's go. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be like just a stop on the journey, right? Or a major, you know, set piece right. or a major part of the whole plot. We don't right. know. We don't know what it's going to be, but I, I, I'm kind of curious, and it's tickling my fancy. Let's just say that. I hope it's a stop on the journey. I hope they're not redoing okay. Halloween too. That's that's kind of where I'm, well, where I'm on it. Listen to our MMO Halloween franchise. Yeah. Rewatch that Michael Myers eight episode arc from us that we did last year this time. Mike, I want to re-listen to it. I know you've been I've texting been re-listening me. to it. It may be our best work ever. It's probably our mountaintop. <laughs> we actually right? sound like professional and stuff in it. Not today, but then. No, no, then, then, yes. Yes. <laughs> Yearning for days gone by. Michael Ed Norton. Had a story that came out this week saying Marvel broke their promise to make a Dark Hulk, a very gritty Hulk movie when he was starring in it. Yeah, this was a great IndieWire article. Some interesting nuggets here. Norton wanted to do the Promethean myth of Hulk and to make it, quote, long, dark, and serious like The Dark Knight Mm -hmm. by Christopher Nolan. And then Marvel added all the Stan Lee drinking bright green soft drinks and falling down. And this all fell through. The monsters all talked to each other. Still, I, I think this is a very strange story where the media is kind of putting, and IndieWire is putting a flashy headline on mm-hmm. this, to, to be frank. I loved IndieWire. We, we reference them all the time. Because Norton was also very, very complimentary of Feige. And I have my issues with Ed Norton, but he's very complimentary in this article. He's, he's admitting kind of his own fault in this, that yeah. the money and the time were factors and not returning. And, uh, you know, he kind of criticized himself there, too. But ultimately, he had a lot of fun in that role. It, did, it seemed like kind of a nothing burger in many ways. So you think he's telling the truth? Well, I think it's it's like a mixture of things. Like, he's he is who he is. I mean, he's a persona. He made fun of his persona on the roast, right, a, right, a while back. Right, but right, he's kind true. of loves it's, himself some Ed Norton. I just hate the timing of this. Yeah, I weird. hate the timing of this story. Like, you bring this up, Ed. Well, there's no choice for it because Motherless Brooklyn's coming out and he's doing the rounds, you know? He hasn't been Don't able to do it. Don't bring it up when a gritty, realistic, dark version of the Joker just broke box office records. Don't bring up the story of, hey, you know, we were supposed to do a dark, realistic, gritty but version. But he's of probably the not bringing it up. It's probably the he's getting asked these questions, so he's going to say something. So you say, ask me a year ago or a year from now, I'll talk about it. I don't want to come off in the media as the guy riding the coattails of I just think it's a bad look. It is a bad, bad look. You're right. It's bad timing. Mike, China is now breeding giant pigs like Okja, like the Bong Joon-ho movie. Can you believe this? Do you care about this? My God. I, I care about Okja being the only decent Bong Joon-ho movie of the past couple of years <laughs> uh, that he's released. I, it's, I, it's a weird story. I, it's very kind of dark, futuristic. They're breeding these huge pigs that are going for, uh, to market for triple the cost of the average income it of makes a family sense, in that though. city. In a weird way, it makes sense. I guess. I mean, they're talking about inflation. They're talking about all the real, realistic factors and the logic behind it. I guess if you're going to breed pigs for for food, it makes sense to breed huge ones. Yeah, as long as it's all you know, you're not genetically engineering them, but but which just kind of sounds like they are doing. Which to me is like that's how you get zombies. Oh my god! <laughs> when man know. plays God. It usually doesn't end well in the movies, right? I love animals so much, and yet I'm like a realist, and I, I'm going to be a vegan someday, probably. I don't know. There's no way you go vegan. Here's the thing. <laughs> My family has done it. A lot of family members okay. who have loved food as much as me. And my health just might require it. We've all had hard issues in the family. Nobody cares about this, but it's like, where my guilt lies in life, 
eating animals is is definitely a guilt complex I have, and I know it's probably maybe we can't get wrong, through a review, but I love it. Of any movie, right? What about meatball? What else talks about meatballs? I know, I know. I'm the last person you would think that would be a massive up. Vegas would lose a lot of money if you went through with that, but it would. We'll see how it goes. Oh no! <laughs> Everybody just feels sad now, and that's where we're ending this. How did we do that? Well, we got one more, right? You could end okay, on a happy more. note. David Diggs, uh, Roman. I don't know if he agreed, but there's been all kinds of talks connecting him with playing Sebastian in the Little Mermaid remake. So this is exciting because Lin-Manuel Miranda is already writing songs for this. He's producing it. Uh, now one of our favorite new stars yeah. is playing Sebastian the Crab. We know Diggs can sing. I'm rooting for him to pay homage to that great voice in the original or develop something new. If he tries to develop something new, that's going to be hard. You know, something super new, something thoroughly innovative. But if anybody could do it, you know, I would root for him to be able to do it. I think he's going to do an imitation, and he'll probably have some rap stuff like uh, Will Smith did, which was which was great in Aladdin. That I, I, <sighs> these live action remakes, man. Have we had one that's been a roaring success critically? I know it doesn't matter because they make all kinds of money and people go to critically. see them anyway. But have have you seen a live action remake that you think has just been knocked out of the park? Well, Beauty and the Beast, critically, I yeah, think, you was, think that, was did, up there, right? Did that land for you? I didn't love it as much yeah. as the original, but the Be Our Guest stuff gave me goosebumps, and there was some stuff that I really, really enjoyed in that. I'm trying to remember. I think last year's live-action remakes were critically acclaimed much more than this year's. This year's, they were all very middling, if yeah. not low. Like yeah. Dumbo, Mom, Aladdin, Dumbo, yeah. and Lion King Lion were all King. middling to low. Well, I like Davi Diggs. I like the Little Mermaid property. I like Lin-Manuel Miranda. I'm hoping this is the first one that kind of changes that tide in a while. I love The Little Mermaid. Yeah. Get this right. Yeah. Make it fun. And, and, yeah, I mean, even if you did a shot-for-shot shot remake of it, you're going to make something that people Which enjoy. Which seems to be what they're doing lately, yeah. too, right? Obviously, The Lion King was a shot-for-shot shot remake for the most part. Sure. Uh, Aladdin is mostly yeah. a remake. Yeah. So, it works. It uh, wor I mean, the formula works. It's crushing the box office everywhere around the world. Of course they're going to keep doing it. The Brave Little Toaster is going to get a live-action remake, Mike. It's all coming. Fantasia, it's all coming. If the Brave Who's gonna Little play Toaster Mickey? gets a live-action remake, that'll be the scariest movie in the history of cinema. That'll Some be small downright soldiers. terrifying. <laughs> Let's get it. Let's get it. I, I can't wait. Uh, Rob Marshall, just as a means of wrapping up, he's the one directing the Little Mermaid remake, so uh, fingers crossed for him. That's all we have this week as far as news and information about the entertainment world. Uh, that is your MMO Weekly. That is your recap for all things Hollywood and Hollyweird, getting you ready for the week uh, our, as a means of a preview and review show. Mm -hmm. We obviously, as always, want to know your comments, questions, suggestions, stories, limericks, entries for 60 Days of <laughs> MMO, anything else you have, uh, songs that pop into your head and you just want to quote to us. You leave us all those at Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Instagram, Mike, Mike, and Oscar on Facebook, at MM and Oscar on Twitter, Mike, Mike, and Oscar at Gmail. Com, com, and on Reddit, we are available everywhere you hear podcasts, including and especially Apple Podcasts. So if you own an iPhone, if you use iTunes, even though it's defunct, which means you're probably breaking the law or tacked into something. And if you are a hacker, we could use you. But anyway, that's neither here Your nor there. Your improv skills are flying out of control right now. <laughs> this is great. Runaway train never coming back. Uh, go on the Apple Podcast app. That's that little purple square with the dingly thing hanging out of the middle of it. If you could tap on that, type in Mike, Mike and Oscar the search. You'll see us in our Halloween outfits. Tap on our logo. Scroll down once. See the opportunity to leave us five stars. If you can do that, we really appreciate it. Michael, I've finally stopped talking, so you talk now. <laughs>
So we're going to cover Dolomite Is My Name this week as an OSP. We're doing the All the Horror Entry preview of Zombieland. Double tap. We got Oscar Ace Checkpoint. We're already starting to fill in with news about the London Film Fest, etc., etc. Fun stuff there. Next week, I think we're hoping that either Jojo Rabbit or The Lighthouse comes to us or we're able to find a way to a, a screening of that. Uh, we'll see. Otherwise, you know, we got those movies coming out over the next month. We got Frozen 2 coming out eventually. Knives Out, Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Ford v. Ferrari. We got guests line up, lined up for a couple of those, which yeah. is exciting. Mike, I am going to be on IMDb Journeys Pod v. Pod v. Pod, which is a game show where I just completely and totally embarrass myself for, for about an hour and a half and fail you miserably. So if you want to listen to I'm how I did that. I'm down at you right now from on high. I fail, I'm failing you in particular. Like the <laughs> listeners hopefully will enjoy it. I, I tried to be funny like a jackass throughout. Maybe I'm one for seven jokes. No, I'm looking forward to that. But I'm it's, it's, it, I had a blast doing it uh, for those guys, Daniel and Dean, over at the IMDB Journey podcast. Listen to those. They're very funny. They do these game shows once a week, I believe, with Pod V Pods. And uh, they, they, they want to have us on for another one hopefully we can make that happen yeah i talked to uh them on australia time so it was very late at night so my brain was not working very well and i missed oscar questions i missed horror questions and you're gonna um, i basically shamed you <laughs> and i made fun of myself for shaming you but did you at least make a vegemite joke no again i come shamed on. you i come on i couldn't do it i did i didn't even know the word vegemite in my brain at that hour of the night so I'm sorry, but... I'll do my I, best not to hold it against you. I gave it the old college try, yeah. and that's what we're trying to do here. I guess that'll have to be the words of wisdom, because <laughs> there's so many things in this episode where I'm just like, man, if only. <laughs> well, hey, maybe the Yankees will pick up the slack for you. <laughs> maybe. I hope so. <laughs> All right, guys, when reality or your game show skills suck, you can come watch movies with us. We are Mike, Mike, and Oscar trying to make... Oscars and award season year-round without the stuffiness. Enjoy your work week. We will see you soon. I'm going to go eat a ham sandwich and cry. See ya. I thought you were vegan.